0: I'm John McFarlane, Head of Creator Engagement, and we are here for Episode 7 of the official Sea of Thieves podcast. And I'm with a bunch of completely fresh faces, apart from...
1: Um, no, I'm grizzled and
0: old. <laughs> <laughs> There we have, um, to my left, I have Steve Dillon, who's game designer. I've got Mike Chapman, a returning uh, veteran on the on the podcast. We've got uh, James Borden, who's our social media lead. Joe Clifford, who's our senior community manager. But just before we get started, I do the usual thing of letting people know that if you are listening to this, um, you can watch us on youtube.com forward slash Sea of Thieves. Um, And if you are watching us, but maybe you're traveling somewhere and you want to listen to us on your way, then we are available on any reputable podcast app. Um, and if you want to get your question answered, I know we've got a bunch of questions that are coming in today from social um, that we're going to answer. Remember, use SOT podcast on any of our, our social channels, particularly Twitter, because that's what we end up looking at. So <laughs> basically go use it on Twitter. Um, anyway, let's get on with it. And as usual, we go around and ask how everybody's doing and... As you're standing in for who I would usually go from <laughs> clockwise, Jo, you're going to be first up. How are you, how are you yeah, doing? Yeah,
2: doing good, doing good. Excited to be on my first podcast.
0: Yeah, so for, super exciting. for folks who don't know you and what you do, like you want to...
2: So quick TLDR is I look after all of our community managers and volunteer moderators across our discursive spaces. So if you're on Discord forums, Steam, any of that, you're probably going to find me doing all the pings to let you know what's going on in the game. Um, I work with our partners as well in terms of relations and safeguarding. And then all the rest of it's reporting and stuff like that that no one wants to hear about.
0: And then your life, what you're doing in general.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, straight in with the heavy-hitting yeah. topic.
0: <laughs> well, it's what's been happening lately?
2: Well, we moved a few months ago to get up here to be closer to the, the studio. So I feel like we've only just finished decorating and I'm never moving again, ever <laughs> in my life. <laughs> it's just... So it's been a bit chaotic in terms of home life uh, for now, but, but it makes the commute easier. It does make the commute a lot easier. It's much better than being three hours down south.
1: <laughs> what is your commute now?
2: Half an hour, just enough time for a coffee and a, a wake up in the car.
1: Okay, much better. It's pretty good. Pretty
3: not enough time for breakfast now.
2: No time for breakfast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about in the car? Are you like a, Do you listen contently to something, or are you like a singer?
2: Do True you? crime podcasts. I
0: true like True Crime Podcasts. Podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to live and die in LA and stuff, whatever like you watch now, it's a really good one. It's really morbid, I do it while I'm rowing.
2: This is It's like what a way to start I the do, day, like you morbid podcasts. To, <laughs> podcasts.
4: You listen to True Crime Podcasts while you're rowing? Yeah. yeah. Is that a rowing machine or I'm Rowan imagining <laughs> I'm imagining <laughs> you out, <of> the, out <laughs> in the in Birmingham like, Canals. Zippers, yeah. Down the river.
1: <laughs> Wasn't that a scene from American Psycho? Someone <laughs> <laughs> on a rowing machine. Yeah, it is. Sweat. Listed to the True Crime Yes. is it? I've asked, oh, it feels I, oh. like it should be. I always yeah. feel
3: like your morning routine would be very like that as well, like 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 the, like the American cycle Peel stuff. Off yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. If my face is puffy, I'll put on an ice mask. <laughs> 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 that is me. Yeah. Oh, oh no, God. I'm, I'm going to be on the next true crime podcast. Yeah. <laughs> for? Yeah, can we sign up. We leave now. <laughs> it's okay. It was all in his head anyway, so oh. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's not incriminating. Just don't <laughs> let them find that notebook. Is that spoilers? <laughs> Is that spoilers for
4: American sake? Sorry. Well, to be fair, <laughs> it's hotly debated
3: if it's actually head. Oh, okay. That's All right. Was that
4: the 90s? Enough. I think it was 2000.
2: Early 2000? I think
4: it's okay. <laughs> it's quite That's old. It's old. safe now. Yeah. Yes. Right.
3: It's
1: safe.
4: Someone dropped a Final Fantasy spoiler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can't go there. Um, I'm very well. I had a week away last week. I went to Greece. to Greece. For look look enough to actually escape and navigate the peril of the airport and I've been a nightmare for a lot of people so that was a nice little break to get away with the family and work-wise it's it's all a bit of a blur with the Shrouded Deep the team's worked incredibly hard on the Shrouded Deep releasing the Val of the Ancient Voyage we've been working on for some time and then spinning the plates with all the exciting stuff that we've come in this year so there's, there's just there's so much that the team is working on simultaneously there's so much to check in on and work with the team on um yeah, it really feels like we're firing on all cylinders, so I'm glad I had that break last week because I'm going to need it, I think.
0: Did you do anything exciting in Greece, any kind of historical things?
1: Little bits, yeah. Went to the Venetian Harbour, went to the Maritime Museum, saw some ancient ships. Um, yeah, just hung out with the family, went out for some nice meals, cooked barbecues, lovely. Well, that sounds, sounds very nice. Thank you.
0: The, um Steve? Hello. DM Steve the M. Steve Steve <laughs> 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 the Steve. Uh, obviously, we've seen you in in videos prior to this, um, but this is your first time in the podcast.
3: It is, yeah, Welcome. yeah, thank you. It's right. very nice to be here. and, uh, Finally.
0: So, but if people haven't picked up on you in previous videos, you wanna give a rundown on what you do,
3: yeah, so uh, I'm a designer, um primarily these days focused on adventures um before that. Oh, what didn't my team do? <laughs> no, we we used to we uh, our team primarily focused on sort of the monthly, the voyages, um, onboarding improvements, a whole kind of a jack of all trades sort of team. I think, uh, yeah. But at the minute, primarily focused on uh, sporting adventures. Obviously, I was, um, not lead. That's not the rest of wrong word, but basically adventure one, shrouded islands. We did. I kind of took that uh, with many others but to completion and then now I assist until my next one is due with all the other adventures what number is your next one?
1: six six is also incredibly modest some of the community favourites like Reaper's Runs Fort of the Damned um, so many of the monthly voyages that we did and experiences we built with emissaries like Steve has been on the front line, working hard with the game design team, so Steve's worked on some incredible content across the game so and <laughs> his first, and his first podcast, the yeah. first of many it's great to get me <laughs> here yes yeah
0: and what you've been what you've been up to life wise
3: I feel like i'm just I just keep copying you, no breakfast, but i've just moved well just moved i've moved not too long ago, and my life is consumed by painting and decorating, and I am beyond sick of it i, don't, <laughs> I can't even pretend at this point <laughs> i'm just I'm so sick of it. You've got impressive displays, though, haven't you? I do, Yeah, but the the worst part about it is my office is the room we have to do last because there's so much stuff in it. Okay. (laughs) So I'll have to move it at some point, Um, but yeah, just that, really. What shades are you in your house? (laughs) Grey.
4: How many shades of (laughs) grey?
3: No, I'm not even kidding. That's not even me being funny. Every room in the house is grey. It's very annoying. Except Except my room. room. My room is going midnight blue. Yes. And James. Hi.
0: <laughs> you know what's coming now.
4: Oh, right, so I just have to okay. Yeah. I don't get any special... You don't get, you don't you don't get the, get the any special... Like you, oh, like,
0: okay. is, it, is this your first time in the podcast?
4: <laughs> first time on the podcast, yeah. Although I have to put these all up on YouTube and normally subtitle them. So this is gonna be a very surreal experience and I'm not looking forward to it. Um I'm gonna speak clearly for my own <laughs> for my own benefit. Um, yeah, no, so my first time on the podcast, obviously, I was on a weekly stream back when we were doing those. Uh, but for anyone that doesn't know me, I'm social media lead. So that covers all of our social platforms, um, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, I'm blanking on what social platforms <laughs> are now, um, Instagram, and obviously, most recently, like TikTok, our TikTok's TikTok has been live for like just over a year now. And we've got over 400,000 um, followers. So if you're one of them, Thanks. <laughs> uh, so it's a, lo- it's a lot of fun, you know, coming up with content to go across channels, obviously working out how to promote the, the game content, but also coming up with fun ways to engage with the community and having some back and forth with, with people in the community is always fun. It's always a happy time. And coming up with contests to infuriate them, <laughs> like sort shot and everything. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's good fun. In terms of what's going on with me, also, oh, also taking pictures of ducks. Ducks. Yeah. <laughs> that's an important part of my job content. um if you don't follow the rare channels uh the, the studios recently had some work done and we got the new pond and a, a duck moved in and built a little nest um and recently had a little clutch of ducklings so a whole bunch of my job is lying around on the decking <laughs> with my camera <laughs> yeah. taking photos of the ducks uh but yeah it's a, it's a varied job <laughs> why, that's a- have you named have you named any of the We ducks? we've not named the ducks yet? I saw someone suggest some names, but they were all puns, so I disregard them. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Duke Yeah, Duke-ling. I
3: was Duke-ling. I was literally Duke-ling. thinking Duke as soon as I thought duck.
2: I wanna, I wanna bring them inside and make them inside ducks. So I've been told that's not do,
3: Right. Darkwing Duke. Darkwing Duke.
1: <laughs> duck reference.
2: <laughs> 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 we're gonna get some good comments now, aren't we, on what to name all the right. ducklings.
4: I mean that's going yeah, do hopefully. a competition stop reading my social media stuff doing his <laughs> <experience. laughs> <laughs> job honestly um, but then you also have that reactive like on the day stuff as you see fun things come up and obviously memes and stuff so it's good it's a varied job in terms of what I'm doing out of my job I feel ill prepared given that you know I don't have a leaky roof or holidays or anything <laughs> to talk about uh But, you know, I can underline everything by saying I have a (laughs) three-year-old. So a lot of my time is chasing him around.
0: Other than coming to pick me up from the train station. Other than
4: picking you up from the train station. (laughs) That's very kind. When I'm like stranded. (laughs) Speed dial. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's get into the meat of this. So... We're gonna we're gonna go on to talk about obviously the updates that have just previously come out. There, um, as of recording this, have just come out this mm-hmm. week. So, um, but first of all, Mike, if you could give us a kind of run up of the lore from kind of when we started adventures to where we are now.
1: Straight into it. Straight, Straight into. into it. Dim the lights. Dim the <laughs> lights. <laughs> Candles on the table. Let's get ready. Um, I think the the as a, as a backdrop to all of this, a pirate's life was a huge event last year both for us as a game, but also in the world of Sea of Thieves, with what happened with the castaway coming to the Sea of Thieves and revealing and allowing pirates to travel to this world of the Sea of the Damned. So the backdrop to everything that's happened, which I'll run through, is the fact that both the Pirate Lord and Captain Flameheart have seen all of this happen. So Flameheart has seen... Pirates access to the Sea of the Damned, and and being made aware that the memories of pirates can be made real again in this supernatural realm. Um, this has started a supernatural arms race between between the Pirate Lord and Captain Flameheart, and Captain Flameheart is moving his plan forwards to become the would-be king of the Sea of Thieves. So, as players know, Flameheart is the big floaty head in the sky. Not anymore, um, he's not. Not anymore, he's not. He, so as part of his plan mo- moving forwards, he has disappeared. And you actually hear the, you hear the sound of his head disappearing in that very first adventure trailer. And the NPCs of Golden Sands went missing and the island itself became shrouded in this supernatural fog. And the Reapers are all part of this, using the power of the Dark Relics. And it's really Captain art and the Reapers working in tandem to use the Sea of the Damned to bring about Flameheart's return. And the Dark Relics is these magical items that allow characters to basically bind the, the energy of soul to these objects and bring things back from the Sea of the Damned, as players have seen in the, Fort, in the Fort of the Damned experience. This is what Flameheart is trying to do now. They're trying to bring Flameheart's soul back from the Sea of the Damned. So the progression of this um, led to the memories of these Spanish forts being pulled from the Sea of the Damned. And that's where the Golden Sands characters have been held captive. And obviously pirates, players got to go and break those characters out of the cells. And now with the Shrouded Deep and how the Shrouded Ghost is all part of this is, is, a, is focused around an object that Flameheart needs to eventually come back from the Sea of the Damned, is all locked behind this object called the Veil of the Ancients. So it brings in the story of the ancients of the Sea of Thieves. So when you're sailing around the ancient tiles, you see all these ancient ruins. These are the hallmarks of these ancient peoples that used to sail in the Sea of Thieves. Who they were, where they went, where did they all disappear to? This is all part of this ongoing story. And we've essentially revealed that the reason why the Shrouded Ghost well, the Shrouded Ghost's even existence was doubted was the fact that it was moving between the worlds with the power of the Vale of the Ancients. And in our most recent adventure, after the Golden Sands NPCs have been freed and they're going to return to Golden Sands Outpost, we've seen this race between Bell and Captain Flamart to claim the Vale of the Ancients for themselves and battling the Shrouded Ghost. And the Vale itself, what it will be used for, now it's been powered up by these jewels, these Vale stones in the pirate legend voyage, what it will be used for will be revealed in time um, as Flameheart's plan moves towards a dramatic conclusion um, towards the end of the year. So we're slowly, episodically revealing this ongoing story between Captain Flameheart's conquest of the Sea of Thieves and how the ancients are going to be part of this ongoing story. Are you trying to say that? but I hope that made sense.
0: We've been playing into Flameheart's hands all along. Is that the.
1: If players look back, especially when you think about the story of Duke and how that relates to Wonder and the Dark Brethren, which are another kind of set of adversaries who will re- remain in the shadows for now. Um, like Duke has unwittingly brought about um, what the Reapers wanted to achieve and how that relates to Captain Flameheart, yeah. There's lots of little clues if you go back to some of the old monthly voyages that we did, some of the things that you were asked to do. Um, what was what Duke was personally asking players to do? It all relates back to, to Captain Flameart. <laughs> I feel like it's like story. I'm like sense, I'm, so I'm, any I'm, I'm sense checking myself to make sure I'm not revealing <laughs> what's coming. <on>. Like, <laughs> Steve is Steve is as like, he mentions hard at work on a, Adventure Six. Um, so yeah, yeah,
3: cool. I've seen some of that one's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah really, I'm really really excited. I think it's a really cool. Obviously, I'm not going to say what we're doing, <laughs> but like it's it's. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: But at the moment, we are on three. Three. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, The Shredder Deep. And so I'm just going to lay this kind of question out to everybody here. So we've obviously uh, that we released that in where we are filming right now last week. Um, But it'll be a couple of weeks before you see this. So um, it'll have been in players' hands for a while. What are one what can kind have of happened in it because obviously we're not going at this point we're not really spoiling it for folks it'll be coming to the end of that um, and what were some of the design challenges there and also from the community standpoint like what are some of the things we've seen pop up around this and how it relates to you know all looking back at one of our first updates and, and whatnot um, and I'll go to Steve you can go first
3: Where's the, where to start yeah um, yeah, so I think it's fair to say what we kind of wanted to emulate and pay homage to with the Shrouded Deep was, of course, our first big, our first update, The Hungering Deep. Obviously, this this huge fan favorite of a time when Sea Thieves was, was still arguably in its infancy, right? It we it hadn't been out that long. Um, and, of course, for those who don't know that, it was this event that caused Ast- for everyone to come together and essentially uncover this secret. Of course, spoiler, the secret was this... Hungering one, the, the Meg sleeping, and you had to. Um, Merrick gave you a new instrument and then you got a new did you get the new shanty then or had you already got the summon the megalodon I think that was a reward not you, you, you couldn't
1: select it but yeah. it was you, triggered when you yeah. carried the shanty
3: that was it yeah when, and right. one thing I was laughing at um, there was some dialogue we've got in the Shrouded Deep where Merrick makes reference to the first one mm-hmm. where he's basically saying um, oh don't worry you don't need to carry it because like, back then we didn't have shanty selection it was, it was random wasn't it when you just started your instrument where of course now you can select whichever one you want um, and he makes a kind of a joke about that like don't worry about it because that was one thing but I also thought that was quite part of the charm because it was like it was almost like a puzzle to solve it was like players had to work out they had to carry it um, passing up the ladder was the fun thing yeah you had to get <laughs> someone on, the, on the ship
4: so they can like yeah. join in playing it so you can scurry up and
3: and and it was funny because um i remember that actually had some i don't know if this was before or after but i remember watching someone have a similar um when they became a pirate legend obviously when you stand above the entrance and you play and it plays plays the tune um because of the hungering deep players thought that they could carry the pirate legend tune because of course you could if you really wanted to and so that was really fun. I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but that that <laughs> kind of had like this weird bleed out effect where people were going all over, all over the world carrying it. So well, that was quite funny. Um but yeah, like for me, it was it's the scale of what we've delivered with this versus back then, I think is a really great testament of kind of where we've come in regards to like accounting for all of our all of the players we currently have now versus back then. Um and just the work involved because as you said like what some of the challenges the strategy in terms of like building it was i i think at least for for me personally and a lot of the stuff was mike mentioned i've worked on a fair few things now it was definitely a very large scale accounting for all of the potential things that can and do happen when playing sea of thieves Um, but i think having played it myself endlessly as well in whether or not it's in editor or on retail uh, on live servers uh, watching content creators play like i couldn't i couldn't be prouder or happier of the experience that like like uh, it's always anecdotal right but obviously i like when i first started where I, I worked in community um and i still maintain a lot of watching social and and stuff like that and sentiment and that sort of stuff and seeing like players who maybe played back then and for, you know, whatever reason of lapsed now that they don't play anymore there's other games, but then seeing us sort of paying homage to this great big event that sort of, that kind of kickstarts the journey we've all been on, coming back and playing it and being like, oh, me and all my friends, we've got back together and it's like the band's got back together, like literally, figuratively playing with the band, you know? Um, so seeing that, has been absolutely amazing. It's lovely.
0: What are like some of the, the design considerations we had, like looking back at what the hungering Deep was, mm-hmm. and then looking at the Shouted Deep and saying, like, what do we need to change here to make this to make this easier?
1: That's, honestly, there's so there's some much to talk about there. I just just hearing Steve talk about the Hungry and Deep, then I st- I still remember just after launch, the kind of the first meeting where we were discussing what we could do for our first update, and we've talked about this before, where we had. We had a set of plans before we launched our game. And then, well, there's no real replacement to having real player feedback at scale and seeing how people are finding the game and what, what are the types of things that they want to see in the CT's experience. So not surprising, really, that our plans didn't really line up with the appetite that our, our players, the things they were looking for in our game to make that content and that experience feel richer. So in many ways, the Hungry and Deep, we look back on it with a sense of fondness in the same way that lots of members of their community do. It's it's a classic CFEs update. Like That's the way I think we think about it. Um, and I just remember that thought process with Hungry and Deep where it was, you know, we, we want to add something meaningful to the world in the Megalodon and, you know, having that instrument in there as well. But wrapping it in that storytelling and that fundamental design that sought to bring or encourage players to come together. With all of the downside that comes with that, but when it works, it reaches the highs that not many of the types of content in Sea can reach because it feels like the story has become real. You're having this moment and this interaction between other players in the sandbox, and it's those, you know, old term but like it's a water cooler moment right you want to shout it from the rooftops i can't believe this has happened no game has ever made me feel like this before and we even saw in our telemetry air data our insights back then that this there was less pvp across the whole sea of thieves world at that time the seas became friendlier because there was actually there was a reason a powerful kind of call to action to work with other crews and that was that's always been something we have wanted to encourage in sea of thieves yes PvP is a possibility, is Sea of Thieves, but you can also come together and work together. And, you know, players have seen with their alliance system, you know, but you can work together, you can share gold. Um, it's a big part of the way we think about air mechanics. So going back to the hungry and deep, like paying homage to it or doing something similar, has gone, I think it's been in our minds for a few years. Um, but like how we do that how we take it to the next level we we knew we wanted to bring players together again amplify that moment by having it part of this story that's unfolding having it seamlessly linked to another often requested piece of content which is the pirate legend voyage um but then base it around five players Across multiple crews, getting again, that multiple crew element in there, basing it around that, but taking the battle to the next level by bringing in the ghost ships, by having it set not just in the middle of nowhere, but basically a floating battle platform, a floating galleon with cannons where you're fighting alongside Merrick and Bell. Um, and I think it's been well, it's been wonderful to see the kind of climactic nature of that battle land so well. And I say all of that, knowing and acknowledging that there is a downside to it. To have that wonderful, powerful high that you remember forever, you've got to have the chance of it going badly. You've got to have the chance of the fiasco to have that awesome moment. But it's, it's classic Sea of Thieves. Um, so it's been a joy to go back to it. Um, but as Steve alluded to, I think there's a pressure that comes with that. There's a lot of pressure on really delivering um, the right feel. And the right mechanics, and just getting that social gameplay working properly, because we knew we had to at least live up to *The Hunger and Deep* and try and surpass it. So,
3: yeah, I mean, that's as well. Like when I was when I was assisting with it, I think that's kind of where my mind kept going to, because obviously I was here when we when we did that. Um, so I kind of remembered sort of the feelings you had the first time you did it. So when you're, I guess you're you're building something, and you're thinking about other things as well. You're always like. Obviously, you don't want to copy something. You kind of want it to have. I guess we always we always refer to it as the, the the crescendo, right? Like as what well as the as the like when you summon the shrouded ghost, as well. You get that the table slowly lighting, and then the epic, and it goes in the air. And like to me, um, it kind of reminded me when we were working on on the Glitterbeard stuff. It's almost like when you finish the ritual, and then the summoning begins, and, and Bell tells you as much as it's happening. Get ready and you as a player i remember like you you think oh wow that was amazing that was epic but there's still more like because then you you continue throughout the fight and again you get the really cool cameo towards the end and 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 it was like yeah it was just trying to like i always felt like for me when assisting with that that's what in my mind it was like they think that's the epicness but it's like but then how do we turn? how do we just keep turning it up until the very end of it and i feel like like for me we, we definitely done that and is there things that you feel like we've
0: just looking through and, and seeing the feedback and also just building like as we go with adventures like and the things that we're like learning like what do you think some of the learnings are that we're taking away even just from the first three that we're putting into like four five and six is there things that are key there
1: i think like, firstly what would be good to hear as well is until very recently we were always we've always been calling the third adventure in an arc a finale. So our intention was always that adventure one would establish what the story is, adventure two would be an escalation, and then adventure three really pays off that specific narrative arc. And all the arcs are linked. So as we go into adventures four, five and six, the story's going in a slightly different direction. Um so seeing players kind of recognize that this one feels more epic there's more gameplay scope there um it's great to see that land well because that was very much um a key part of our strategy which was to build to this finale we stopped calling them finales because it got a bit confusing on the team so we just call them adventure we all call them adventures but we're still keeping to the structure of the third one in a sequence is always going to be a little bit more elaborate so it's going to pay off lots of threads um what was your question, John? The original <laughs> question. <laughs> Sorry. It was just that, like, uh, as we've gone through, as yeah.
0: like, the things that you feel that, like, you know, we're going in, like, oh, like, either as we look to four, five, and six, it's like we could tweak that because I think people are appreciating, I don't know, maybe more cutscene story bits or whatever throughout the adventures that people are really latching on to throughout yeah. the adventures that we we want to go dial up or take feedback on for the next set.
1: like. I think I think the biggest thing and, and this is a really a continuation from what we see with some of their tall tales is like player contention is what we worry about. I think the Shipwreck Bay moment in Adventure One was received so well because of the way that the narrative delivered through those ghostly visions. like we've seen in other Tall Tales before, that part of their storytelling always goes down really well. I think the fact that we set it on Shipwreck Bay and you get a lot of people crowding around one place, it does Lead to overly negative encounters. It's not really. We, you know, there's always a sense of it's. It's a factor in Sea of Thieves. It's. It's a core part of our design, but it wasn't really what we were trying to do with Adventure One. With Adventure Two, of course, there was there was kind of more forts out there, and people were moving around the around the world, especially around that deed to to move you around the different world regions. Again, with Adventure Two, the I want to acknowledge it. The the kind of the RNG as the community call it, nature of finding the different npc characters wasn't an aspect of the initial design we played adventure 2 nearing its release and it just felt like something was missing it felt too lightweight so we added these objectives to find the different M- the different NPCs, the different characters from golden sand which really celebrates the story and what they've got to say about what's happening so it was important from a lore perspective um but we couldn't basically resolve the issue in time that it was completely random um, so that unfortunately led to you know, rightfully negative feedback in, in the community. Also, I think basically the two things to take away are I think we're very aware and are going to be careful around player contention, bringing people together in overly, um, you know, in, in a conflicting way um, when we're not intending it as part of the storyline. So we need to be careful there and also any aspects that introduce RNG, um, especially in a time-limited venture. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably the two biggest takeaways. That's cool, and from the community, Joe, I'll mm-hmm. go
0: to you first, and then we'll move over to James. But the, the the the, have you seen anything through like the the channels that you're looking at around Shrouded Deep, like some of the comments around there, or anything that you want to?
2: Yeah, share? I mean, overall, it's been received really well because we're taking this myth that people have have known about, and we're we're putting it in front of them, and it's a proper wow moment for our community. Um, and touching on what Steve and Mike have said with the Hungering Deep update, we've got players that have been around for three, four years and they remember that update and they remember standing there with their little drum waiting for players to come along so that they could do it and so the hype for them is already there because they can draw on those memories and that first experience and as you say, it's taking it to the next level because you've got Bell, you've got Merrick, you've got this overarching narrative now and then you've got that proper wow moment when the Shrouded Ghosts pops up and watching our content creators do it is incredible because they're all open crewing Mm. and they're finding these players and you can see them going look there she is and it is an incredibly magical moment for that and then obviously tying it into um the new pirate legend voyage and things people are feeling really satisfied with the content that we've given them with this adventure because it is a a moment in time for sea of thieves and Adventure 1 and Adventure 2 have led up to this, but 3 really does give that wow moment. Plus, you've got a nice Ghost Fleet battle at the end, and we're all really missing Flameheart. <laughs> right. I know none of them are saying it, <laughs> but I know they're missing it. Um, so yeah, the, as, as Mike's touched upon as well, you're always going to have those contentious things where putting players together, there's going to, to be conflict, mm-hmm. and there is a risk versus reward with anything you do in Sea of Thieves. Um And player sentiment and player intent is always something that we, you can't even guess it. Like I play a lot of Sea of Thieves, you cannot guess what another player's up to. There's there's no point. Whatever you think they're going to be doing, it's going to be the opposite. But we're bringing them together and the majority of people I think are having these lovely experiences of meeting other players and creating those stories that we want them to take from our game. We give them a story, but they make their own off the back of it. And it's been really lovely to see the majority of people having that wow moment.
1: Yeah, I love I love the stories that we're seeing with players being brought together by the Shrouded Deep, but then they're going to do a fort together, or they're <laughs> going to do Glitterbeard together, and it's it's and the community have rightfully asked, what why why the five player limit? Why why just mm-hmm. allow anyone to start it? And I think that five player choice again, going back to the hungry and Deep, same reason why we made the choice back then. It was it it's like the formal handshake between mm-hmm. multiple crews and you've almost got to have it there to make everyone think twice about maybe, maybe I do need to cooperate this time.
2: Maybe I shouldn't sink
1: them. And maybe I, <laughs> maybe I should trust that crew. And it yeah. just gets you over that kind of social hurdle. Um, and, but then to see that little temporary social bond then go on to explore other content in Sea of Thieves, yeah. it, that's been wonderful. We
2: did see. it on day one and we were on a galley and we spotted this sloop going back and forth. And they, they, they were dead wind and we were like, we're, we're never going to catch them. We're just going to have to wait here. And we finally pulled up behind them. I'm shouting from the water and they can't hear us. And as we got closer, we heard them on the mics go, we've just killed four Megs. We've not done this to die now. And it was like, no, it's fine. We want to do it with you. Come on. And we had a a great couple of hours just sailing around with them after that um, because it is bringing people together, which is what Sea of Thieves has always been designed to do. You can get on and jump on with your crew, but it's about meeting those other people that are sailing the seas with you.
3: We've always talked about how obviously the world the heroes of our world, you know, are, are the pirates, the legends of our world. Obviously, yes, there is, of course, you know, you've got your fan favorites, you've got your Bells, your Merricks, your Pendragons, who play as no one who exists in this world. But at the heart of it, obviously, it's, the, it's, like always, it's always been the players that we want. And with Adventures, obviously, we, we're now kind of literally putting them in the driving seat, like they are the ones who are working with Bell and Merrick. And one thing I've always thought was really special about The Shrouded Deep uh, and, and not just Shrouded Deep, I suppose everything we do is kind of what uh, Yuz was saying about like you're making that choice to trust someone, that, that, that handshake, we've done this thing together. And it's like, well, what other adventures can we create together? What other stories can we make mm-hmm. together? What other friends can we make together? Like, very from a, I suppose, a selfish point of view. One of the things I've really enjoyed seeing from this is after the people have been doing, finishing the Shrouded Deep, um, a lot of them have been like, oh, well, you're a galleon, we're a galleon we need eight people to to mm-hmm. go and unlock the mysteries of glitter beard should we go and do that together and so going from this like experience to this experience and creating memories with these crews together like like when it, when it's when when that's how it's playing out like you can't beat it like there's nothing there's nothing cooler than having this grand adventure with these people you've just met and then you know like um you see almost like jokes and memes about you uh last time you lagged on xbox 360 you saw a friend last time online five years ago or something it's you, like sea of thieves to me is, is kind of creating those friendships and those memories that in 10 years time when you open up your console and someone isn't online anymore, you're like, remember that time we went and summoned? (laughs) You know, it's, um, yeah, it's really cool.
0: Really cool. And James, anything from from social that you've seen that you think this is
4: a particularly stand out moment? Is this your polite way of saying you don't follow the Twitter?
0: <laughs> uh, I'm just opening up the. Oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah no, no. Yeah, we've, obviously,
4: we've seen to echo what Mike's have seen so much like positivity on Twitter. But the thing that I've like most enjoyed about seeing the responses on channels, particularly Twitter, is people sharing those videos mm. and those screenshots and and all of that and. I think also to, again, go back to um, what Jones two said about the escalation. One of the best, one of my favourite things about this is, I'm saying this now because this is going to go out near the end of the adventure, so it's fine, but our gameplay trailer only showed the shrouded ghost spawning, and so players went in going, oh, cool, we're going to fight the shrouded ghost. And then, obviously, as you say, the thing they don't know is that when they get out onto the waves and they fight the shrouded ghost, all those ghost ships are going to swarm in and like some of the screenshots and clips I've seen on Twitter of just the absolute anarchy of all these ships, this massive shark, people have compared it to like the final tall tale of A Pirate's Life as well and it's like I think again one of the beauties of Sea of Thieves is those moments just happen um, and just you can go from one minute just pootling along into a nice sunset to just Cannibals flying everywhere and chaos and fire and sharks and it's manic to be a part of and it's incredible to see and it's amazing to read the responses from people absolutely like loving being a part of it and it's like you're part of this mad fight and it's
0: and the music and the music oh, is the so good yeah.
4: yeah every time it every knocks, time it knocks it out of the park yeah you yeah. know yeah, it's just, it's been really nice and as Joe says people just finally seeing the shrouded ghost and be, and getting their little souvenir screenshots of it as it it swims past (laughs) well it was really nice because when I did it at the weekend the fight started in the day and transitioned into night like as we were doing the fight so where obviously the fins started like glowing and it really gave the escalation an even greater sense of like grandeur Um, and also to your point on the ritual I really love the way in the ritual you do it and I know you said you can use it as a battle platform to fight the Shrouded Ghost but we had three ships there and it almost felt like a, you know back to your ships and everyone's yes, like diving yeah, off yeah. and leaping onto their yeah, that, ships that, that, dropping that, the that sails sailing out and it's like it feels amazing and like I kind of love that it's happening for a bit and it's gonna go away after the adventure and then it's like as you say you'll always remember it as that moment in time of like oh that was amazing when we did that that fight was so cool and it was different to the Hungering Deep because Hungering Deep I remember distinctly that ended up with two crews on one ship when I played it. Yep. Yeah. Um, whereas this was this mad three-ship crazy fight. And it's like out more in open water, so the waves are mental. Um, I've, I've seen some people on Twitter saying like a storm rolled in and it made the ship even crazier. Uh, so yeah. Obviously, socials also had loads of people sharing screenshots of green tornadoes and um, with the veil of... Um, yeah, yeah. With the Legend of the veil vale voyage. So, you know... Um, social's been a buzz. A buzz. A buzz. We're talking about uh, Legends of the
0: Veil. Um, you alluded to obviously the fact that The Shrouded Deep is
1: the prequel. It's the prequel. <laughs> released at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if you are hearing this and you haven't tried anything we've just spoiled loads for you I would say that you should go and do The Shrouded Deep first and then move on to Ideally if you can.
1: I yeah. think I think it will flow nicely if you if you play them in that order. Yeah.
0: yeah. So talking about Legends of the Veil what was our thinking as to like, when why we wanted to start delivering Pirate Legend content mm. now?
1: Like, what's the why? Now? Well, I, think, I think having a way of play, a replayable uh, mode of play for Pirate Legend is something that we've, I guess, wanted to create for a long time, and, and the amount of legends that we have in our game has been growing, you know, quite rapidly, especially in recent years. So, timing-wise, it felt right to really go back and do something that would have all the emotional impact but would also be fundamentally replayable so as air as players will know there's kind of two very different experiences on either side of a spectrum when it comes to quest design in sea of thieves there's you know completely scripted largely scripted and authored tall tale experiences it's a Roller Coaster ride it's a cinematic experience that aims to introduce you to all the key aspects of our lore characters give you these incredible moments that you want to talk about but it's something that we're controlling as designers and on the other side going back to way before we ever launched the game is uh replayable voyage system so essentially a system where we can put in a set of parameters and it procedurally pick gives you a number of maps picks the gameplay a number of maps a number of x's your payout based on your progression through the game so quite a quite a complex system that sits across x marks the spot maps riddle maps like putting all those rhyming couplets together um obviously we've added lost shipment maps got the the, the vault map so every time you play those experiences you know the flavour of gameplay you're going to do. You don't know where you're going to sail. You don't know what's going to happen along the way. It's just the reason to get out there on the waves. So that was quest design before uh, Legends of the Vale, And then I guess a bit of a backdrop to that is Sea Thieves at its heart has always felt like a bit of a choose your own adventure story that it plays differently every single time. We've been inspired by experiences like that. So the idea of creating a hybrid of the two approaches where it's got all the drama, all the emotion, the music building at the right moments, the characters giving you some awesome dialogue that really stirs you and gets you involved in the action. Um, coupling that with something that feels fundamentally replayable felt like a huge creative opportunity for us. And it felt like doing that as part of a new story exclusive to pirate legends felt perfect so it's the it's the culmination of essentially two very different systems and set of tools coming together um but really moving the story of sea of Thieves forward so bringing the ancients in bringing the veil vale of the ancients which is the object into the voyage um and how that's part of their story but yeah it felt like the timing was right uh, and it allowed us to do something different that we hadn't done before so it pushed quest design forward in sea of thieves as well Sweet. And um any kind of design
0: like challenges around that in terms of like like serious challenges around like like when I think of it even from an engineering point and a design point,
1: like some of the stuff is crazy in there. Mm. Well it it was it's conceived as essentially it's a series of modules like Lego bricks of gameplay, that can be combined in different ways. From a design perspective, what was unique about this was the narrative still had to make sense, Um, no matter which way these modules were stick together. It still needed to feel like a continuous story. I remember in our early tests, originally, the ending could be different each time. The ending could be just a different module. But kind of obvious looking back, playing that, it felt like it didn't really build to a satisfying climax and the module that we did have which was really starting to come together which was the you know the epic ghost ship battle we're destroying the emplacement and the huge haunted fortress that felt like that was going to become um, a thrilling climax so we made that one always the ending module um and then kind of wrapped it all together brought in the green tornado this big supernatural storm as it's pulling this haunted fortress over from the sea of the damned so yeah i mean. At the core of it, it's like a tabletop um, RPG where modules modules can be combined in different ways. Um, but yeah, trying to strike the balance between what's great about a tall tale, but hopefully can be evergreen content for legend.
0: And we are getting really close to our, our time here, so I just want <laughs> to get fine. some community stuff in. I know, Lajoy, you had some questions.
2: From I her. did. Do you, yes. Do you which, ha- which ones? Which ones, <laughs> which ones do we want to throw out? Which ones? Which ones? If
4: we're running out of time, do we have the Nymite chef's hat to the game? That was my yes, favorite question. That was
2: your favorite one. We didn't tell you about that. Someone wanted to be chef's hat. I, <laughs> chef's hat.
1: I'll be honest with you. I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. Some. I, I saw that <laughs> surface, and it did make me give this pang of um, regret inside. Of we talked about that, and we haven't done it yet. We totally should do it. It's very Sea of Thieves. It's very playful. <laughs> We should totally do a chef science of thieves. Be we should confirmed. Yeah, confirmed. <laughs> should. World exclusive confirmed. Um, we haven't concepted it. We haven't built it, but there's an intent. That's we should, where we, we'll be going after we, this. We should go do that. We should. Go. <laughs> It'd be perfect.
2: Devil's Raw Devil's- is the one I want to ask about. Yeah. Obviously, Devil's Raw was brought in with this massive mm-hmm. moment, and there's, there's a player sentiment that it's unloved by players right now. Mm-hmm. And how do we? make it a go-to destination or are there intentions to that you can talk about i suppose i should tag on the end what's the tourist
0: board in the
4: devil's room yeah what what is the
2: tourist board proposition how do we make it a five-star destination for that galley when you're on your holidays
4: Uh, without putting big corks in the volcano. yeah
1: all-inclusive resorts morris
2: peak the (laughs) go-to
1: yeah devil's before it was a you know a an area full of like, volcanic activity and earthquakes. It was generally, it was a concept. Um, quite. Well, I mean, it was in that first year, right? So it was very, it was as part of that same process where we were designing Hungry and Deep and laying out a roadmap for the first year. It came from that place of, wouldn't it be interesting if we had perilous seas? So a perilous sea that you would never start in, but it would allow players to opt in to a different set of gameplay challenges, mm-hmm. uh, but for greater reward. Um, with all the problems of sailing over there and the time to get into those encounters. But that that was a fundamental part of the dine. It, was it wasn't the core world, but it was an additional kind of extra region, region you could opt into. So generally feel good about what we released with The Devil's Roar. I think naturally, as we've added new content over the years, the respecting players' time, not having to have them sail over there, uh, ensuring that there's a as much as we can can and I know we don't always get this right but having the difficulty right that new players can engage with it as mm-hmm. players have seen most read with the c forts it's a bite-sized 15-20 minute experience um as a most recent example we're always trying to think of how we can get players to the fun as fast as possible without sacrificing what makes Sea of Thieves special like we would, we're not going to add fast travel we're not going <laughs> to let you load in and choose your outpost there's a, that sense of randomness is key to our design um I think as a result of that not deliberately Um, features have generally culminated in the core world regions rather than the Devil's Roar. That doesn't mean we would ever remove the Devil's Roar. That doesn't mean that we look as developers on the Devil's Roar unfavourably. I think as we look to the future, there are opportunities that we will look at, have spoken about, about making the Devil's Roar uh, a more attractive place um, to... And a more attractive place to go adventure, but in the spirit of what it was first conceived mm. to be, which is a perilous sea. So I'm going to go there, I'm going to get some some higher, you know, more advanced gameplay challenges, but I get greater rewards. Yeah. And everyone who's in that region are, are there for that purpose. I think there's more we can do there. Um, nothing immediately planned, um, but the Devil's War is not going anywhere. Um, there'll nice. definitely be opportunities in the future to do more with that space. I think... Every time I go into the Devil's Roar, I still love the the spectacle of that place, of seeing the rocks and just, just the atmosphere in there. Is just, the art team did an incredible job with it, mm-hmm. the earthquakes. I think we went a little bit too far at laundry there, frustrating it was, um, <laughs> to, to say the least. Um, but I love that region, the team loves that region, and yeah, we we definitely want to do more in the future.
2: I'm, I'm the same. I, I like sailing in a part of the world that's also trying to kill me as players are trying to kill me. <laughs> I, I genuinely have a lot of fun in that place because it's just chaotic.
4: It does tend to be my if I've got a ship chasing me. i be- to be to the raw because there's a better chance of them just getting like messed up whilst they're behind me. Looking yeah. at a
2: volcano like, take care of him, go on.
4: Yeah, go him. Oh no. I think there was just a clip on to it this week of someone just watching a frog <laughs> just like smack them in the face which I enjoyed greatly. Um, but
1: yeah, And it also, it also doesn't mean that we wouldn't add more, not just perilous seas, but different types of world experiences in the future. I think the... You know the the shores are plenty, the ancient tiles are the world, that is our core world, and we we want that we want this sense of you as a pirate, you almost don't need the world map anymore. you're this great navigator, you know where everything is it's It's familiar, and these are well worn locations that you love going back to. We never want to lose that um, but having experiences you can opt into that give you different challenges um just completely new world experiences outside of that core world is something we are um discussing. Isn't it- it's actually funny you say that. The world you know, the amount of people I've seen
4: um, sailing this last week, going, "There's a brig." Oh, it's not a brig. It's it's the killer whale. Like they get close <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Oh no, it's that's." Oh Merrick's, hi, hi, Mer- Merrick's <laughs> Terrible parking job. Yeah. Like, Can I just stay? <laughs> but like, I've, I've loved those world changes. Like and it's been really fun to yeah. see
1: players react to those. Well, that's the advantage, right? Is saying yeah. people know know what that canvas is you, you change one small thing and oh the, they know you change or we move a rock and we you know we do it deliberately and things build up over time it's, it's what does it mean <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's the one of the advantages of seer of thieves and why you know live service is it's just it sounds like a cold strategy but live service just allows us to storytell through our update, story storytell with our world and it's constantly evolving and those examples are why it works so beautifully for a game like ours
0: so just to wrap things up here, I want to touch quickly on Community Day. Yes. Details.
4: <laughs> De- you want details? I no? want details. Yes. Oh, here yes. we go.
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to lay it all on YouTube because I... I, I, I
2: Saturday.
4: Saturday. The 15th of May. I was
2: going to say 14th. Dang it. So <laughs> someone get a calendar out.
4: <laughs> yeah, so it's Saturday the 14th of May. Um, we're going to be having another community day. Um, it's going to be another big uh, event in the sea. So there's going to be another free flag um, for players that log in, another free mm-hmm. emote. Um, and again, we're going to be doing the hashtag drive on on Twitter. And this time there's going to be a blanket gold um, boost to all players. But then the hashtag this time is going to boost renown. So any players that really need to race to Renown 100 it's before the crown. season ends and get that flower crown. 96 guys. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a world! <laughs> it's all about the flower crown. You just need to get to 96, just get to then 96. you can. Yeah,
4: then you can log off. Um, but yeah, so if you join in and either tweet using hashtag see Thieves Community Day or retweet anything that is using that hashtag, you'll help boost that renown multiplier in game. So yeah, anyone that's trying to reach 100 can quite easily, hopefully quite easily do so um, but otherwise we'll just be doing a lot of activities on social so we'll be um, releasing like soft shot frames themed around Community Day for people to get involved in, You know, challenge cards like we like to do and awarding a lot of hats.
2: Yes, funny hat time
4: People like the hat people so. like, Yeah, the Be More Pirate hat, as we did with the last Community Day, we'll be looking for um, a lot of people to just you know um, nominate players that might not necessarily put themselves in the limelight mm-hmm. a lot or looking for players just to share their mad ideas. Because obviously we like to highlight people every couple of weeks that we do um, award with hat, but there are a lot more pirates than that, that you know we want to award the hat, that maybe just like slip through. So we use Community Day as a big opportunity to just celebrate a huge <laughs> like load of people um, and award lots of hats. So yeah, that's uh, that's not the extent. There's going to be a Pirate Emporium sale. Yeah. There's going to be a um, sale on our merch store. There's a lot going on. Fresh drops. Twitch drops, that's, yeah, that's you your, your... Yes, true. You messed it. I'm sorry. Well, you don't check Twitter, so I... <laughs> 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 um, yeah, there's obviously activities going on with our partners as well. And if you follow our social channels, hopefully you will have seen all of this <laughs> by yeah, now.
2: There's, there's loads going on. The hat drive's the one that I'm always really excited for. Yeah. I like seeing those people that are just out there doing cool, cool. stuff or things that we'd never thought of um, Which is going to be really interesting. That's my
4: favourite part. And it's fun to just take a day to celebrate everyone and get really involved. So that was my favourite thing about the last community day before certain things happened, (laughs) uh, was that the morning was just full of everyone. Yeah, everyone was was just so positive and everyone was sharing stories and, you know, amazing moments and getting in game, putting the flag up. And, you know, we did like a fun challenge sheet of going and give another crew a pineapple of peace and like, you know, people posting videos of going and doing that. And again, it's sort of not... It's not obviously gameplay driven in the same sense as something like Hungering Deep or Shrouded Deep, but it's fun to have these moments in time where we can like, just see the seas be a lot friendlier just for the duration and everyone just enjoying the vibes of the day so yeah it's good I'm looking forward to it now that I know it's on the 14th of, 14th of May <laughs> <laughs> just dump that over, your over, characters, yeah. dump that over the previous bit <laughs> I'm <it has done. laughs> <laughs> sorry Christina
1: <laughs> players should never like all of our players all of our community should never underestimate but just the, the buzz that gives us in the studio And the last community day the following week like after the Sunday everyone in the studio was just talking about all the amazing stories they'd seen the previous day and it just yeah, it just gives us so much energy um, to keep making this game and motivate to to keep pushing because those stories mean the world to us. So mm-hmm. can't wait for the next one. It's awesome.
4: That's on the fourteenth. On the fourteenth. <laughs> <14th. laughs> <Hey. laughs> <laughs>
0: wait, you see, they be like, well, we moved it a week or something. By the time this comes out. <laughs> but no, thank you very much for this. that's that's us come to the end there. Like, yeah, I know it was fast, wasn't it? The um, so. Thank you very much for watching, everybody. And if you have um, if you have been watching us and you want to listen to us again, I will remind you that we're available on all podcast apps. Remember, if you want your question asked next time that you're on here, uh, that we're on here, then Sop Podcast on Twitter.
4: It's the best place to go. It's the so, better yeah. place
0: to go because that's where we look.
4: That's where <laughs> they look
0: <laughs> for, the, for the questions. Um, so if you can get that over to us. And just thank you for everyone joining us here in in the studio today and then thank you for everybody at home for also listening in and we will see you next time which will be a little bit longer Uh, next time it won't be the usual kind of monthly gains will be a little bit longer than usual and we will see you in June take care folks goodbye